Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pratica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 27 of season two. Grizzlies are fresh off a blowout victory over the Los Angeles Clippers. Grizzlies will now start a run of three straight on the road before facing uh, the uh, totally different Portland Trail Blazers in the final game before the All-Star break. As I record this, Grizzlies packing their bags, getting ready to go to Detroit and then to Charlotte. On today's show, we'll recap the victory over the Clippers in That Was the Week That Was, and we will look ahead to the road trip and give you some Petey's points as well, and uh, also the return of NBA story time. Uh, It's rather propitious uh, that I tell this particular story, given uh, current circumstances, so we'll do that. And uh, we will also renew acquaintances with Omari Sankofa. He had been the Grizzlies beat writer for The Athletic before moving back to his hometown area of Detroit, Michigan, where he is now the beat writer for the Detroit Pistons for the Detroit Free Press. He's our friend of the program today. That's coming up in a little bit, but first we tell you, The Grizz Weekly Grind is being brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. They have helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. Uh, Jack Jones Spring League is being formed. They're doing individual placements for grades one through eight. They're also taking team registrations. Go to the website. There's a lot of information, a lot of stuff going on with this great club. So go to the website, check it out, uh, get your uh, young boy signed up, or maybe you've got a team, you want to register them, go ahead, do that. It's all at hoopcitybc.com. All right, let's not waste any more time. Here's That Was of the Week That Was. Tuesday night, Grizzlies taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, and uh, the Grizzlies jumped out in front of the Clippers 38-27 after one quarter. Of course, Clippers uh, playing without Kawhi Leonard. He hasn't played all year, and uh, Paul George remaining out with the uh, the elbow issue. This was a Clippers team that had given up 137 points in the game before to the Milwaukee Bucks at home, and uh, their defense equally porous on Tuesday night as well. Grizzlies ended up shooting 51.5% from the floor. And again, the Grizzlies just playing at a remarkable pace and also playing the possession game. 103 shots in the air. And uh, they do that because they force 17 turnovers from the Clippers and the Grizzlies with 21 offensive rebounds for 24 second-chance points. The offensive rebounding crazy. Jaron Jackson Jr., had nine rebounds in the first half. Eight of them were on the offensive end. He finished with 26 and 11 in this game. John Morant, a ho-hum 30 points to go along with five assists and seven rebounds. His 18th, 18th, 35 and five game. That's 14 this year. That's among the league leaders. We're, we're putting them up in, in Giannis territory with 35 and five games. Did not for a second consecutive game, have to play in the fourth quarter. That's how dominant the Grizzlies were in this game. They led the Clippers by as many as 34. Grizzlies outscoring the Clippers 34-19 in the third quarter. Uh, As per usual, a big third quarter from John Morant. He leads the league in third quarter scoring. 
averaging around nine a game. He had 14 in the third quarter and um, got to the line with a flagrant foul penalty, too. And Marcus Morris Sr. was ejected. Um, Just a dirty play by Marcus Morris Sr. Morant's airborne, takes a swing, hits him in the face, hits him in the shoulder. Fortunately, Ja said after the game, uh, I'm fine. I used to play on concrete all the time. He did break his fall a little bit. His, his foot got to the ground before his hip and back did, which helped break the fall. And uh, I, I thought it was amusing after the game. Josh said, I, I don't have a problem with the Morris brothers. He might be the only guy in Memphis who does not have a problem <laughs> with the Morris brothers, whether it's Marquis or Marcus. Uh, they seem to have anger management issues, just the, at least when they play the Grizzlies anyway. So, uh, and, and Morris had been a big part of their offense. Morris, one of six from the floor, finishes with three points. The starting front line for the Clippers, Batum, Morris, and Zubats. Not all-stars, but good players. They combined for 12 points. 12 points. Jaron Jackson Jr. by himself, as I said, had 26. Grizzlies get an 18-point game from Brandon Clark with seven boards, four assists, and three blocks. I really love how he is playing. He is healthy. He's bouncy. Knows his role. Fulfills his role beautifully. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Grizzlies with six in double figures, three of them off the bench. Kyle Anderson with 11 and eight boards. Conchar, double figures as well, 10 and five boards for him. And then the aforementioned 18 points by Brandon Clark. Again, just a really solid effort by the Grizzlies. They were dominant on the glass. They have won the rebounding battle more than any other team in the NBA. They have won the rebounding battle by double digits more than any team in the NBA. And they win it 135 to 109. So the Grizzlies posting 130 plus points in consecutive games for the first time in franchise history, and they do it 135 and 135. Really amazing from the Memphis Grizzlies. They uh, have absolutely been fantastic. They are now 20 games above 500 as they head out onto the road. And that is, that was the week that was. All righty, let's get to uh, to NBA story time. We haven't done this in a while, uh, but it, it's kind of an, an opportune time to, to talk about this. Um, every once in a while, I, I get the question from young broadcasters or just people who are curious, how did you get in the business? And here's why I bring it up today. Number one, some of you may or may not know that I actually began my career with the Detroit Pistons. This is also Super Bowl week, and the Super Bowl will be called on radio, Westwood One, by Kevin Harlan. So we go all the way back to high school in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Kevin and I both went to Premontre High School, a boys-only Catholic high school in, uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Kevin's five years older than I am, and what was unique about Premontre High School is that they had a 10-watt radio station back in the days when the FCC allowed such things. And the way that it worked is that if you were in good academic standing, uh, you could use a study hall period, and you could go spin records during your study hall period. And for those of us who were interested, uh, we had the equipment to remote broadcast basketball, football, and hockey. And Kevin Harlan did that at WGBP-FM, 90.1 on your FM dial. And, you know, Kevin graduates. He goes on to the University of Kansas. And then after he left, 
I stepped into that role and was doing high school sports for Premontre, football and basketball primarily. I didn't do hockey, but um, so that, that's how I got my start. And uh, years later, I get to Notre Dame as a freshman. Kevin Harlan has graduated from Kansas, and he has gotten the job straight out of college as the radio voice of the Kansas City Kings. And I remember very distinctly, I'm sitting in my dorm room at Notre Dame. My mother sends me a press clipping from the Green Bay Press-Gazette that Kevin Harlan, at the age of 23, has gone directly from college to the NBA. And, you know, I wanted to hear about it. I wanted to hear about it from the source. And, you know, we're talking the, the early 1980s, uh, 1982 to be precise. So now you know exactly how old I am if you, if you do the math. I called the Green Bay Packers office because, of course, Kevin Harlan's dad, Bob Harlan, was running the Packers at the time. And I knew that Mr. Harlan was a big backer of Premontre. Uh, he had another younger son, Brian, attend uh, Premontre. And I think Brian's a couple of years older than I am. He went on to become the, the PR uh, guy for the Chicago Bears and now runs a talent agency. And so I, I called the Packers and I said, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I went to Premontre with the Harlan boys. Uh, I, I want to make contact with Kevin because I'm an aspiring broadcaster. Believe it or not, the receptionist put me through to Bob Harlan. And Bob Harlan said, oh, sure, I'll be happy to give you Kevin's contact number. And so Kevin and I have been friends, uh, you know, for, for over 30 years now. Uh, I guess it'd be 40 years now. Uh, that Boy, yeah, uh, time really flies. Uh, but but we, we, we stay in touch all the time and, and, and converse from time to time. And uh, he does the Green Bay Packers games on preseason television. And I'll come up to the booth and hang out with him and, and James Lofton, which is, which is great fun, of course. Now, transition forward to after I graduate from Notre Dame. And so I'd done student radio, obviously, at Premontre, had gone to Notre Dame, had done student radio there, and had done a number of basketball and football games. So I'd, I had a decent demo reel. And uh, I didn't get a broadcasting job right out of college. And um, I was working for the University of Notre Dame in the Alumni Association. And one of the jobs that I had was going to alumni clubs around the country for visits and to tell them what was going on on campus. And one of the things that we typically did was playing golf outings. And I was playing in the Ann Arbor, Michigan golf outing. And a fellow by the name of Herb Black uh, in insurance and investment said, hey, I know George Blaha, the longtime voice of the Detroit Pistons. He's a Notre Dame guy. Uh, would you like to talk to him? And uh, of course. So, uh, so I, I talked to George and uh, said, hey, look, I got a tape. Would you at least listen to it? I'm not asking for a job. I mean, it's, it, the, the, that would be a home run swing to uh, try to get a gig in, in the NBA. But would you at least listen to the tape, critique it, and, you know, maybe, maybe it leads to something. Well, sure enough, I sent him the tape, and he says, you know, kid, you're, you're really good, and, and I think that you've got talent. I think that you could work definitely at the NBA level. A few years after that, uh, the Pistons made some moves in the broadcasting department that opened up an opportunity when George was doing Michigan State football, Mark Champion, uh, who uh, was then doing the Detroit Lions. When they were on the road uh, and, and couldn't do Pistons games, I was hired to fill in and do radio on Pistons games. And this was the year after they won their second championship. So we're talking the bad boys Pistons with Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman and Bill Beer and James Edwards and Vinnie Johnson and, uh, you know, just Joe Dumars. I mean, it was incredible. So given the fact that we're going back to Detroit, uh, kind of back to my NBA roots, my first regular season game I did for the Pistons at the Palace of Auburn Hills, I'm working with Greg Kelser 
and they're playing the Houston Rockets with Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. My first post game interview uh, was with Dennis Rodman, who uh, on live radio dropped the word bullshit, uh, which I thought I thought my my NBA broadcasting career might come to an end right then and there, but it, but it did not. And um, ultimately, the guy who hired me to fill in for George in Detroit moved on to Portland, hired me in Portland, and now here I am in Memphis all these years later. So, uh, with a nod to Kevin Harlan. And a nod to George Blaha. That's NBA story time for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind. All right, got a couple of quick Petey's points here before we get to Amari Sankofa as our friend of the program. Um, Grizzlies have, at least by winning percentage, going into last night's game, and it probably will be much the same going into uh, the Detroit game. Based on current records, the teams that the Grizzlies face the rest of the way have a winning percentage of 459. That is, at least on paper, the weakest schedule remaining in the NBA. So we'll see if that plays out. Of course, the Grizzlies, uh, you know, New Orleans doesn't have a good record, but uh, Grizzlies haven't had much success against them. So uh, so that's going to be part of the equation. Of course, you've got a Detroit Pistons team that is, that is not very good and in rebuilding mode. So uh, obviously a, a low win percentage there. Grizzlies also have uh, a win streak now, or a streak rather, of 110 points scored in their last seven games. Uh, more Petey's points. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to Sport Radar. Sport Radar is a fabulous company. They provide us with a lot of great information about games, and uh, they're invaluable for our research. And uh, they're an official partner of the NBA. And they also tell us that the Grizzlies have had 22 games where they have a double-digit rebound differential. That's the most in the NBA. And going into the game last night against the Clippers, Grizzlies were plus 5.7 rebounds per game. That leads the league, and it would shatter the current franchise record of uh, plus 3.8. Just amazing stuff by uh, the Memphis Grizzlies as uh, they continue to dominate. Uh, you know, Petey's point, is this sustainable? The way this team is playing, it is sustainable. Uh, you know, it's, they're not doing this with smoke and mirrors. They're doing this by playing hard. They're doing this by valuing possessions, low turnovers, high offensive rebounds, forcing turnovers from the other team. And the Grizzlies are winning basketball games and making single-digit threes. This, is to me, is, is one of the most remarkable things about this run by the Grizzlies, is that they are winning basketball games and they're doing it by making eight, nine threes a game. And they're being outshot from three. Now, they're shooting a relatively good percentage, but the Grizzlies right now, their three-point, their share of shots that are threes has gone down as the season has gone on. And it actually has been, if you look at, you know, the record is going in the right direction and the three-point shooting numbers are going down, not necessarily in terms of accuracy, but in terms of volume. And it's worked for this team. They're not a three-reliant team. And I think that while everybody loves the three ball, and when the Grizzlies get double-digit threes, they're virtually unbeatable, I think this is going to be good when you get to the playoffs because you can't rely on jump shots in the playoffs. Every once in a while, you may catch a hot streak. But I, I just think that the style that the Grizzlies are playing, we just paint, 
rebounding, low turnovers. I think that that will transition very well into the postseason and hopefully some postseason success. Next, Petey's point. Now, I talked about this in the last show. Please, Zach Kleiman, keep this team together. I mean, there's so much fun to watch. And they're a good basketball team, a really good basketball team that everybody in the NBA world is starting to take notice. And, you know, the Grizzlies in the top five of the power rankings. I mean, you know, when was the last time we saw anything like that? So I, I would hope that Zach Kleiman keeps this team together. They are on such a roll right now. And I think it is, as I said, a sustainable role. So you would hope, and I look, I know that there are business decisions that have to be made because you have expiring contracts. You have to think about the future. But right now the Grizzlies are in a position where they could go deep into these playoffs. And if you were to somehow uproot a player or two, and I don't even care who you bring in at this point. I, you, up, you, you uproot this chemistry. I, I just don't think that it's good unless there is a deal out there that is so ridiculously good that you couldn't pass it up. Uh, it has to be the proverbial uh, deal that you could not refuse. And, and I don't know that there are any of those out there. Interesting uh, trades going on yesterday. C.J. McCollum uh, now going to New Orleans, which is not good news for the Grizzlies because now he's in the division. And we've seen enough of C.J. McCollum through the years. Portland appears to be tearing everything down right now and rebuilding around Damian Lillard. They're trying to clear the decks for cap space. Can you get a free agent to play with Dame? They better come up with some good solutions there because Lillard has been very, very loyal to that organization. And uh, they're going to have to repay that loyalty by surrounding him with, uh, with some really good basketball players or otherwise that thing could get rather sour rather quickly. Well, that does it for, uh, for Petey's points, uh, getting ready to pack the bags and get on the road to Detroit as the Grizzlies will take on the Pistons uh, on Thursday night. And then they will have a day off in Charlotte on Friday, then a Saturday night tilt with the Charlotte Hornets. Before we get to Omari Sankofa and our friend of the program, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here now in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their very first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, get 56 to 1 odds on either team, bet just $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements do vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text HOPE-NY. 
That's 467-369. Well, this uh, Grizzlies team is going to take on a Detroit team that is really struggling. They are uh, now 12-42 and 42 on the season. They also played Tuesday night. They were in Dallas to take on the Mavericks, and uh, it was a no contest. Mavericks leading by as many as 37 in that ball game. They led it by 10 after one quarter, and they win it going away 116-86 over the Detroit Pistons. Cade Cunningham did not play in that game right hip pointer, and so his status is somewhat up in the air going into Thursday's game against the Grizzlies. Uh, he was questionable. He was getting shots up, but then he did not play. And Sadiq Bey just had an awful game, 1 of 11 from the floor. Jeremy Grant, we'll talk about him as a possible trade target for some teams. Uh, Jeremy Grant with 15 points in the game, but Luka Doncic, a 33-point, 11-assist effort, also two blocks for him. And uh, this is a Pistons team that uh, they're, they're trying to figure some things out. Do they have young pieces? Yes, they've got Bay, who had, like I said, had a bad game against Detroit, has struggled against the Grizzlies. you got to like the, what Isaiah Stewart is doing in the middle, 14 points, 15 boards against Dallas. They've got him. They've got Hamadou Diallo, who's also very good. Uh, they like Frank Jackson. you got Cade Cunningham. This is a team that, uh, you know, they, they have some things that hopefully they can get going in the correct direction. And I think Dwayne Casey is a really good coach for that basketball team. But they're going to have to add uh, they're going to have to add some talent and uh, and bring Cade Cunningham along. And hopefully the Detroit Pistons will get back to their glory days. So Pistons on the docket next for the Grizzlies, which means it's a perfect time to visit with Omari Sankofa. He had been the Grizzlies beat writer for The Athletic, and now he's the beat writer for the Detroit Free Press on the Detroit Pistons. He's our friend of the program. Omari, first question for you. Um, right now we hear Jeremy Grant might be on the move. Is is there anything that uh, Ed Stefanski's thinking about as far as we near the trade deadline? There's a few teams that are interested for sure. Uh, I think a lot of it just comes down to the quality of the offer that's put down on the table. Uh, you know, I think there are uh, deals that would certainly interest the Pistons. It's just you know, of course, you know, the Pistons have to decide, is this a deal we do now? Do we like what's on the table now? Or, you know, can we carry this into the offseason and, and beyond? Uh, because Jeremy, you know, he did pick the Pistons over the uh, Denver Nuggets. He has a good relationship with Fred Weaver. That still matters. Uh, they're not going to move him just for the sake of moving up. If they move him, it will be for a deal that moves the needle. So uh, remains to be seen if that, that deal is put on the table now. Uh, but I think the appeal for teams uh, to do the deal now is that you get Jeremy for the 2022 playoffs and the 2023 playoffs before he leaves for free agency. And on top of that, you get a, a period to just watch him jail with the roster before he's eligible for an extension this offseason. So, uh, so there's a chance it happens now, but uh, it's very much a wait and see. What is the arc of progression for the Detroit Pistons? Because you've, you've got – pieces obviously Cade Cunningham Sadiq Bay you, you've got pieces there what what is the overall goal is it to try to get this thing rebuilt very quickly that you could contend for a playoff spot next year or 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 where 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 are they headed with this I don't think they want to be in rebuild mode forever um you know they won I believe 18 games last season uh they're probably not going to win too many more this season you know given that they you know are currently sitting at about uh 12 wins a couple weeks before all-star break um, you know, I don't think they want to be a, a 18 to 21 team uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, and coming into the offseason, they're going to have about 30 million in cap space. 
of course, they have Cade Cunningham. They just added the number one pick. And uh, they're going to have pretty good odds to add another top four pick next to them this offseason. So I kind of look at it the way uh, if you look at Atlanta back in 2020 when they had a lot of cap space and they went out and got a lot of good veterans and, and put them around uh, Trey Young. You know, of course, they have some good young guys, too, and DeAndre Hunter and, and, and John Collins. And I think the Pistons with Isaiah Stewart, uh, Sadiq Bays had a pretty good sophomore season. Uh, you know, they can still be, you know, patient with Killian Hayes, who's, you know, still been a really good ball handler defender for him, and it's just figuring things out on offense. Uh, they can certainly make a push next season for sure. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see them make moves with the intention of getting better now rather than later. What about Kate Cunningham's rookie season? Got off to a, a bit of a rocky start because of injury, but has he performed up to the expectations of the front office? I would say so. Uh, he had a cold start, but you remove that cold start from the season and his numbers get a lot better. Uh, you know, I believe, you know, in the month of January, he averaged around uh, 17 points, you know, an official 17 points, you know, about five assists, five rebounds. Uh, he's already a pretty good defender. He's a leader. Uh, he certainly checked all the boxes you would want from a number one pick. Uh, Jeremy Grant also just recently missed uh, about uh, six or seven weeks with a thumb injury, which put Cade into that uh, sort of number one offensive role. And he really found his, his rhythm uh, being the, the, the lead guy. And he's had to kind of step up and at times carry a, a team that's not only been hit by injuries, but, you know, still very young and inexperienced. And, you know, for him to be able to do that now, uh, I think is why he was the number one pick in a draft that was considered to be pretty strong. And that's what separated him from a lot of this rookie class is uh, Evan Moby's on the playoff team. Uh, Scotty Barnes is on the playoff team. Uh, you know, like a lot of the guys who are at the top are in. Uh, much better situations. I think Josh Giddey's probably the only other guy who's comparable to Cade, uh, just from the standpoint of uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are uh, toward the bottom of the standings as well, and they're also very young. But no, Cade's been great. You know, I think the Pistons have been very happy with what they've seen so far. I've always been a big Dwayne Casey fan. I think he's a very good basketball coach. I think he's a great communicator. And one of the things Brevin and I talk about, we talk about this with the Houston Rockets, that, you know, are you going to keep Steven Silas around when you guys get good, or are you going to become a sacrificial lamb because you're in the midst of a rebuild? How patient, and, and do you think the Pistons are going to keep Dwayne Casey around so that he can actually enjoy the fruits of his labor through these, through these last couple of years, which have been very tough? I think they will. Uh, they signed him to an extension last uh, spring, uh, right after the season ended. And it's interesting because Dwayne Casey was hired, you know, back when they still had Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, uh, Reggie Jackson. They were still in uh, win now mode. And he left, uh, you know, Toronto, of course. And then he he uh, joined a, a Pistons team that was trying to get to where Toronto was at, at the uh, time. You know, of course, the year after Dwayne, uh, you know, left, you know, they they, they went and won the, the finals. But he came here, you know, expecting to win and uh, you know, things just didn't work, work out that way. Uh, Blake Griffin got hurt. Uh, you know, you part ways from Andre Drummond and, and Reggie Jackson, and now you're in a full rebuild uh, with a new general manager who didn't hire Dwayne. But Trey Weaver and Dwayne Casey have a good relationship. Uh, you know, I think Dwayne, uh, you showed this in Toronto as well, uh, just being a guy who can develop talent. Uh, you know, you took Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, uh, Fred Van Fleet, you know, help those guys get to where they are now. Uh, he's done, you know, the same thing here in Detroit. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay was first team out rookie last year. Uh, Isaiah Stewart was second team out rookie. Neither of those guys were lottery picks. Uh, you know, actually Isaiah Stewart, you know, he was the 16th. And then, of course, Sadiq was the 19th. But they've both played their draft position so far. Uh, you know, Dwayne's bought in. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that, um, 
you know, I think has embraced the situation he's in. And, you know, just that, his player development, his good working relationship with, with the front office, it makes him, uh, you know, I think, an ideal person to lead this. So uh, for for now, at least, you know, I, I do think Dwayne's here and uh, they're, they're committed to allowing Dwayne to see this through. Well, I, I like to see that, that, that they do remain committed to a quality head coach because there are a lot of times like, well, you're here for the bad times and now we're going to get somebody else. And, and I, I, like I said, I, I think Dwayne Casey's been a fabulous coach throughout his career and, and hope that uh, he will, he will stick with the Detroit Pistons. Let's shift gears a little bit. I know that you covered the Memphis Grizzlies. And so you watch them now, even though you're the beat writer uh, for the free press and the Detroit Pistons, but I know that you have an eye on, on the Memphis Grizzlies. As someone who is not there on a day-to-day basis, but kind of has the helicopter view of the NBA, uh, what what do you what do you like about this Grizzlies team and John Morant? I like that the Grizzlies have always been like a season ahead of schedule compared to what you would expect. Uh, you know, of course, I was I was there in Memphis during John's rookie season, and uh, after COVID start, they kind of you know really found their momentum uh, toward the end. And uh, I want to say after you know around mid December January, they played 500 basketball the rest of the way. And just the way they've been able to continually add good pieces around Ja. Uh, you already had Jaron, you already had Dylan Brooks, but you know, you bring in Desmond Brain, you bring in Brandon Clark. Um, you know, they signed Kyle and Anderson to the mid-level, and he's been a really good piece for him. Uh, you know, you've added, you know, some guys with p- potential like Zaire Williams. Like just you look at up and down the roster, they're extremely deep. I should mention De'Anthony Belton too. I mean, Tyus Jones, all these guys, you know, have been added over the last three years. Uh, the team just has really good synergy. And, uh, you know, it helps that Ja, I think, has exceeded a lot of expectations coming out of Murray State as a number two pick. And he's a fortified superstar now, uh, very comfortably in the, you know, the all-star game as a, a starter. Uh, I mean, everything's pretty much going right. It's kind of hard to look at all their moves and see a move that was just outright bad. And, you know, and that's why this is going to be a 15-win team this season. And they're going to be, uh, you know, probably, you know, they might have home court advantage in, in, the, in the playoffs. Like, I think it's just pretty insane to see them you know, get to this point, um, you know, in, in Josh's rookie season. Like, I, I mean, I think John Jaren is still 21 years old, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we just, just, just a couple of kids. Yeah. I, you know, everybody said, what, what, what going into the season, you know, where does this team go? And I like, well, can they make the top six and avoid the play in tournament? I'm like, well, uh, that might be kind of a heavy lift. And, and they certainly have exceeded expectations. Now, now you are, you, are you on the road and traveling, uh, right now? And, and, and how has that been dealing with being a beat writer in, in this COVID pandemic? Yeah, I'm on the road. I am traveling. I'm actually in Dallas right now. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been good. Um, I, when I first started, uh, it was right when the pandemic hit. So you, you know, and I'm born and raised in Detroit. So it was great to be able to go back home, but you know, you come back and, you know, season one is a Zoom season. And, uh, there's just a lot of parts of the job that uh, in some ways you can kind of just feel barred off from. And uh, we're not hundred percent normal. Obviously we're still in a pandemic, uh, but you know, I think the leagues take a good precautions to keep people safe as far as, you know, the mandatory vaccinations and, and, and boosters for uh, traveling media. Um, and this is, and especially just given our youngest team is you have a new front office and everything, uh, you know, this season has KB to Ricky. Uh, the season does kind of feel like a year one, um, you know, just for this era of Pistons basketball, having a new franchise player to uh, lead, lead this next movement they're currently in. Um, so it's been good. You know, I feel like I'm getting away from the topic a little bit, but <laughs> but traveling's been good. You know, like I, I like traveling. I think it makes the job, you know, a uh, lot easier. It makes it easier to meet people, um, you know, keep a post of what's happening. So, uh, you know, it's definitely been good. And, you know, I'm going to keep traveling through the All-Star break and hopefully after too. 
Well, that, that is the very best way to do this. Uh, I mean, we've been on the road, off the road when we had a COVID surge, and now we're back on the road. So uh, looking forward to reconnecting uh, with you when we get to uh, Detroit later this week. 100%. Yeah, it'll be good to see some Memphis folks up in Detroit. I know this should be a fun guy. Yeah, I appreciate the time, Omar. I really do. Yeah, no, definitely. Thanks for having me on. I uh, Yeah, I was in Memphis, uh, I think, toward the end of when they played. It was like in, in December, I think. And, uh, yeah, you know, I saw that a lot of guys were out with an outbreak, so I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I, yeah, I was out. I think Brevin was out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 both back, and then as soon as we got back, Fish got it, and now he's yeah. back. He's back tonight, so we're back to full go. And uh, so, Omari, uh, we look for uh, safe travels back to Detroit, and uh, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, see you in a couple couple of days. Yeah, and again, yeah, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy doing the pod. Our thanks to Omari for stopping by. By the way, if you want the latest on the Detroit Pistons, you can follow him at Omari Sankofa. That is his Twitter handle, at Omari Sankofa. That's O-M-A-R-I-S-A-N-K-O-F-A. Great writer, did a great job here in Memphis with The Athletic and now doing an equally fine job returning to his hometown of Detroit, Michigan, covering the Detroit Pistons for the Detroit Free Press. That's a wrap for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind. This has been episode 27 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. It has been brought to you today by Hoop City Basketball Club and by DraftKings Sportsbook. And also, if you are looking for a last-minute, unique Valentine gift for your sweetheart, go over to Cameo.com. I am on Cameo, and if you would like for me to... uh, Send a special greeting for Valentine's Day or really for any occasion. Go to Cameo.com, search Pete Pranica. You'll find me there, very reasonably priced. And I will be happy to uh, deliver a personalized message to the person or persons of your choice. Grizzlies off to Detroit, then Charlotte. will come back home before going back out on the road to New Orleans. And then they will wrap up the pre-All-Star portion of the schedule with a home date against the Portland Trailblazers. And then... It is all-star break and time for a little rest and relaxation. Again, this has been the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranick. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.